Hi there and welcome to The Brave, a podcast all about resilience. I'm your host, Beth Vincent, and in each episode I explore a different form of resilience, whether that's emotional, mental, physical, and how we can deal with and cope with the complex and chaotic nature of life in the 21st century. So this is the podcast for you if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, a little bit stressed, and you want some kind of ways of dealing with various complications of life shall we call them so this week we're on to a really kind of uh, pertinent topic for me and that's social media anxiety so in the past week here in the UK it's gone from two extremes it's been either extremely hot and I'm talking kind of like mid 30s which is very unusual for here down to kind of at the moment it's in the low 20s and it's absolutely tipping it down And I've been scrolling through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and been watching loads of people who are on holiday in gorgeous locations where the weather is either cooler than it is here in the UK, or it's hotter and it's sunny and it's really nice. And I've been feeling a little bit down that I'm not on holiday too. Social media anxiety is something I think anyone who has been on social media has experienced, whether you kind of call it social media anxiety or FOMO, fear of missing out, or Instagram envy is another term I've heard. And essentially, it boils down to the fact that when we look on social media, we're watching people post their kind of highlights, the best point of their lives, points of their lives. And I discussed this a little bit in my previous episode with Daniel Merriman, and we talk about how people like to post the highlights and they don't really show kind of the normal average or bad bits that happen to us all every day because you know every day isn't perfect so we're constantly bombarded with these images of perfection yet our lives don't necessarily add up to it shall we say and so the NHS kind of did a survey back in 2017 and it asked uh, 1,479 young people to score popular social media apps on issues such as anxiety depression or loneliness And Instagram in particular was ranked the worst for mental health in this survey. And I think Twitter is also kind of equally bad, but in a different way. So for me, Instagram conjures up these images of people with perfect bodies, perfect holidays. You know, it's such a visually driven platform that aesthetically anything that looks good is going to kind of thrive and do really well on there. Twitter, um, Twitter brings me down in a different way. Twitter is kind of where a lot of political discourse happens. I read an interesting stat this week that um, 90% of tweets from the on the platform come from 10% of the users. So certain kind of discourses are very prevalent on there from all sides of the spectrum and kind of get whipped up into a frenzy, shall we say. Facebook, Facebook's an interesting one because I think in my demographic, kind of the millennial demographic, giving away my age there, um, it's definitely become less popular. It's much more, no offence mum, but people like my mum are on it and kind of my aunts and my extended family and they're they're kind of, I, I wonder if they have a sense of FOMO on it, you know, Auntie Vera's posting her new kind of veranda or her new patio. I'm sure that kind of happens on there and I probably should call up my mum and ask about this and maybe I will do after this episode. But essentially every platform has its own kind of flavour of discomfort it can bring, yet we are all extremely addicted to all of these platforms, whether you consume the content or you're creating the content. 
There are obviously some outliers to this, some edge cases of people who don't go on them at all, but I would say the majority of people I know are on these platforms and once they get started, they get hooked. You know, I think if you're on Instagram, you're generally looking at it every day, if not multiple times a day. And this kind of constant consumption of these kind of perfect lives and these images and all of that and this discourse that can be quite hateful it really it it affects a lot of things and personally I think in particular as a young-ish woman self-esteem and kind of body confidence is something I know that Instagram really triggers in me um, essentially kind of this fear that I don't look very good or I don't compare very well I often, when I go on Instagram with people kind of, especially in the summer season, posting pictures of themselves in bikinis, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am like a whale compared with that. If I went on the beach, people would laugh at me. And that's never actually happened in real life. But looking at these images really triggers that. I think alongside kind of this whole self-esteem issue, there's also... Because these images are posted online, we're almost missing kind of the human connection. And yes, we can comment. And yes, we can like. And yes, we can have conversations through instant messenger and DMs with people. But it's it's not the same as being in the room and getting the context of someone's body language or their tone of voice. You, you can't have a full human connection in this kind of separated way. I think video maybe bridges this gap a little bit, but in general... We're kind of really removed from these people, yet we know so much about their lives often. You know, if you think about the big YouTubers or Instagrammers, we know every single detail of their lives down to like their marital problems and like what they eat for breakfast. So it's this really strange dichotomy of knowing so much about someone yet not knowing them at all. And again, that feeds into the problem of the fact that often these people are portraying the highlights of their life. So it's not actually even their real lives anyway that we're getting to see yet we feel like we know them really well it's also been shown that excessive social media use because of the kind of really um it's bite-sized chunks you're consuming it in it's really fast you you scroll very quickly it can actually affect memory short-term and long-term memory excessive usage and also sleep so sleep from the fact that you're looking often at a screen so you're getting that kind of horrible blue light effect on on your face before you're going to bed so it can affect your, your sleep from that point of view. But also if it's kind of stirring up these anxiety inducing feelings in you, that's also going to affect your sleep. And I know in particular, and actually we haven't spoken about LinkedIn yet, which I think is one of the worst offenders for me. I know after looking at LinkedIn and let's say someone I vaguely know from school has got some amazing promotion and I'll see it just before I go to bed. I'll be kind of ruminating on it as I'm trying to get to sleep, thinking like, oh my God, how are they doing so well? We went to the same school, like we've got similar grades, yet they're miles ahead of me. And yet, you know, I don't know the context of their situation and it may well be they are doing amazingly well and kudos to them. Or it could just be a vanity title. Who knows? But I'm, I'm making these assumptions about how great their life is. It could be they could have a great job, but actually their relationship is falling apart behind the scenes. I don't know. And it's kind of not my place to know either. And it's this whole too much information can be a bad thing. And also attention span. So like I said, this whole kind of memory issues it can cause... I find that if I use a lot of social media and go on a lot of social media during the day, by the evening, my attention span is shot. You know, if I want to go and do some writing or have a think about this podcast or anything that requires deep work, it it won't happen if I've been using a lot of social media. So 
I went out, <laughs> and this is ironic, and I will fully admit this is kind of ironic. I went out to social media to ask people, you know, first I wanted to know, am I alone? Do you feel this way? A lot of people do feel this way, which was good. It was affirming. Social media isn't always bad. I'm just focusing on the negative impacts and stuff like that in this episode because it's interesting. I will be the first person to admit that it's helped my career. I've met amazing people through it, but you know, it does have the bad sides. So I went out and I said, you know, do you feel this way? People were like, yes, we definitely do. And I also said, you know, if you do feel this way, how do you manage it? And I've got five top tips for you today from both kind of crowdsourcing through social media, my own point of view as well. So some of these tips are kind of informed by my lived experience. And also I went and did some good old Googling on the problem and especially looked at um, sources like Harvard Business Review, which their, their studies are kind of really well constructed and quite well regarded. So hopefully this information is useful. So Tip number one. Well, I'm going to start with before tip number one. And one of the really common things that came up time and time again in people's responses was, um, if you don't like it, if it's affecting your life, just delete it. And I thought, you know what, I think this is a valid point. You know, if it really is affecting your life so much, it's extremely negative, then yes, delete it. Nothing should have that much control over your life that you can't delete an app. But... I think there are a few caveats to this and it's very situational. So, for example, um, my kind of career is in marketing and being able to use social media and know about social media and have access to social media is kind of part of my job. And I think I'd find it particularly different, difficult to completely remove myself from all platforms. You know, there are a couple I could definitely, like fake. Facebook, I probably could get away with removing myself on, and to be honest, I functionally have, because I barely use it anymore, but I do occasionally, because I run the Guild of Entrepreneurs, so I have to post stuff for that, I have to post stuff for this podcast as well, Uh, I probably could get away with that, I think stuff like Instagram, yeah, I could live without Instagram, but it actually, on one hand, brings me a lot of joy. I get to see what old friends are up to. I follow a lot of cat meme accounts. <laughs> follow Pleasant Cats if you don't. It's amazing. But, you know, it does bring me a lot of joy as well. So I say that kind of pre-point with a caveat. If you can, of course, delete it. But completely don't feel guilty that you can't. And don't feel like you failed if you can't because there'll be other circumstances and everyone's situation is unique. So my first kind of, I don't want to say proper point because it invalidates that previous point, but my first kind of core point to make is um, if you can't delete it, at least try and limit your time spent on it. And you can do this a number of ways. You can kind of self-police. Humans aren't that great at doing that. We, we um, Especially because the very nature of these platforms is very addictive. I think it would be quite hard just to say like, I'm just going to go on Instagram once today because you'll find yourself sucked back in. So you can actually leverage tech to do some of the heavy lifting for you in these situations. So things like browser extensions that will block certain sites after you've been on them for a predetermined piece, uh, bit of time. So you can set the amount of time. So if you just want to spend 10 minutes a day, you can just set that in your settings. Also apps that will do a similar thing for you. You can also have a look at the, um, I, I'm an Apple user, I'm going to kind of out myself here, I'm an absolute Apple devotee, so I only know about iOS, but on iOS there is kind of the time breakdown in your settings, so you can look week on week how long 
your spending on certain apps. So you can do about self-policing there. But uh, generally what I find works is those, those kind of browser extensions or apps that will block access after a set of time. Another thing that really works that's linked to this so is often I find myself, I think, I'm not going to go on Instagram that much today, but then, you know, the little hearts will appear, the little likes will appear in my notifications, or it will kind of pop up like, oh, a new person's followed you, and of course you're going to look, because that's what those notifications are designed to do, to suck you back in. So if you can, completely remove notifications from social media apps. And this is what I've done, and it's worked a real treat. And especially when I'm at work and I don't want to be distracted, I want to preserve that deep focus time. If I can completely remove those, that's absolutely perfect. You can just do that in your... You can either do it in the app settings or you can do it in your general kind of um, phone settings as well. Now, the second point is kind of, again, about leveraging tech to help you manage this, I want to say problem, it's not always a problem, but manage this situation. So on Twitter and other platforms, you can actually mute certain phrases, you can mute certain accounts. So if you have that situation where you're kind of like, um, Aunt Dora is really annoying me on Twitter, she keeps on posting about um, her llamas, and you're sick of hearing about these llamas, you, instead of unfollowing her, because you're kind of like, if she knows I've unfollowed her, that'll be a bit awkward at Christmas dinner, blah, blah, blah. You can just mute her. So you'll still be following her. She just won't appear in your feed. And you can do this with accounts. You can do this with certain um, words or phrases. So, for example, I've muted Trump. I, I <laughs> You know, it's not like I don't want to know because I don't want to be aware of what he's up to. It's just it got so stressful for me. It's, and Brexit as well, actually. I've muted now. But it it just was ruining kind of my mental health, to be perfectly honest. And I think it's okay to self-preserve in that way, you know. I get my Trump news from The Guardian now, which is just as depressing, but not as constant. Um, So, yeah, mute those phrases, mute those words and mute accounts. If you don't want to unfollow, um, you know, if you can, do unfollow. But if you're a bit worried about how that's going to come across, just mute. It's fine. No one will know. Point number three, and this was one that was spread on, um, spread on, was sent to me on Instagram, and I really loved this, and someone said, spread your own positivity. You know, if you're sick of this situation, then make sure that you are kind of upholding the type of content you want to see and you think will empower people. And I love this, like, you know, don't talk about the change, be the change. So I think I've tried to do this a bit more and actually this isn't spreading positivity, it's spreading realness, but I, when I'm having a bad day I do try and talk about it and be like, eh, you know, sometimes life isn't all cat memes and cake, sometimes it's kind of bad and I, I try not to do it in a completely like, you know, my life is terrible, everything is horrid kind of way, I'm just like, you know, you have good days, you have bad days. And also I try and lift other people up, so you know, if people are posting content like this that's kind of real and authentic, I hate that word, but I can't think of another word, I try and like that and promote them, and, you know, if, if I see someone having a bad time on there, I'll send them a little message, be like, you okay, thinking about you, especially if I know them, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, spread your own positivity, and I'm actually going to sneak a really sneaky 3.2 point in here, is... um don't be afraid of just following people that you know in real life. Someone else said this on Instagram, responding to my question about how they dealt with social media anxiety. They said they only follow people who they know and they've shook hands with. 
And I think that's completely fair enough. Don't feel that pressure to follow kind of influencers, for want of a better word. It's completely fine just to use it to spread your own positivity and just spread that amongst your friends and your family. Number four, and this again was another tip I got off social media and I like this a lot. It was accept the feeling and explore it. And I think this is really powerful because it we all get jealous, right? You know, not just through social media, it'll be so-and-so's come to work with a new designer handbag. And I like I am not someone who likes designer stuff particularly, but even I will get a little pang of like, oh, they must have such a great life. They're doing so well, like they get nice things. You know, we, we get it from all sources. And if you can kind of flip things back on yourself and say, like, I've seen that social media post, it made me feel really bad. Why did it make me feel bad and explore that and and use that as a kind of powerful way of getting to know yourself a bit better or getting to know why things make you feel that way and getting to the root cause of it? You can then hopefully do some things to address that. So for me, you know, I was seeing all these pictures of people on Instagram with amazing bodies and I was feeling a bit down about myself. And instead of kind of just continuing feeling down continuing to consume both content and ice cream I said like look I'm never going to look like them but I can have some control of this situation and just go to the gym a little bit more not in a kind of like I, I want to look like them and I want to lose those weight just in a way of like well I'm obviously feeling a bit down about the way I look what would give me more confidence going to the gym that's where I get my confidence from. For you, it might be um, wearing that really fabulous dress you keep at the back of the closet and never wear because you look too damn hot in it and no one can handle it. You know, it's always different depending on the person, but try and accept that feeling, try and explore it. Why do you feel that way? And then my final tip, and again, this is an interesting one that you may not agree with, but focus on creating, not consuming. And by consuming, I mean consuming content, consuming information. You know, again, too much information can be a bad thing. And we're so bombarded every day with so much information, not just from social media, but from every walk of life. You you can walk down the street and see buses advertising to you. You know, you can hear people's conversations. You'll see posters. And it's so much. And our brains actually weren't designed to handle that much simultaneous information. And it can provoke in some people that fight or flight response, which is when you start to feel anxious and overwhelmed. So instead of kind of sitting there and mindlessly scrolling, and this is really easier said than done, think about what you can do to create something, whether even if that's creating your own Instagram positive content. You know, for me, I I like to do this podcast. This is my way of creating Um, and it's something that I can do in the evening. I don't have to be on social media for, I mean, actually I use social media to promote this. You can follow us at the brave listen on Twitter. Shameless plug there, but you know what I mean? It's kind of my way of feeling like I'm doing something productive and valuable that isn't just sitting there mindlessly consuming content. And actually I'm going to go back on this a little bit and say, also embrace the act of doing nothing. I went on a really interesting workshop the other month um, with Women in Tech York and it was held by a lovely person called Velvet and they were talking about how, and this really re- like struck me, I hadn't thought about this before, and they were talking about how a lot of our kind of self-care activities is focused on doing something with utility, doing something with value, creating something that can then be used or leveraged. So, you know... 
for me this podcast I'm trying to create something that has that isn't just for me it is for other people and so much of self-care is about that and actually we've kind of lost a bit of the art of doing nothing and just sitting and being and not having to be productive not having to work not having to produce anything and that's kind of where I'm going to end this on I think I'll, I'll recap the points but at the end of the day you don't have to fill every moment of your life with doing something and I think that's what social media has become a bit of a crux for you know like I, I will openly admit this like I go on it when I'm on the toilet and I know that's really bad but I'm sure you do too but actually what we've lost by cramming it into all of these little like pockets of time in our day you know whether that's your commute or whatever we've lost the time to just be and be ourselves and not have any pressure on ourselves to do anything consume anything perform anything create anything but yeah I hope you really enjoyed this episode and I'd just like to say a final shout out to everyone who contributed over social media. It was really helpful and it was really interesting to have some of my thoughts validated, my feelings validated and also shared knowledge. And and that's actually a positive note to end this on, that social media doesn't have to be bad. We can control it. We can control our consumption of it and our use of it. And it can be a really positive thing if we treat it with respect, treat ourselves with respect, treat others with respect on it so just to run through those five points just as your little takeaways what you can do to reduce social media anxiety instagram jealousy you know fomo all of that so we discussed that deleting it is maybe not the answer um it's radical and if you can i give it a try you never know but number one at least try and limit your time on it and use technology to your advantage and use kind of muting notifications to your advantage here you know, set timers, all of that. Secondly, mute certain phrases, words or accounts that trigger you. That's absolutely fine. No one's going to know. It's your space. You own it. You control it. Number three, spread your own positivity. If you're sick of it, be part of the solution. Number four, accept the feeling and explore it. Why do you feel this way? Is there anything you can do to either counter it or accept it or is it symptomatic of something deeper that's going on in your life that maybe warrants talking to a professional about I would always urge people if they feel they need to to explore that route and can be really powerful and number five focus on creating not consuming and also reclaim doing nothing we don't have to be productive all the time so I hope you really enjoyed this episode it it was really fun doing it and a topic that's very close to my heart as you probably can tell if you want to find out more about what's going on with Brave and upcoming episodes, who we're interviewing, feel free to follow us at The Brave Listen. You can also follow me, Bethan. Uh, it's really weird talking about myself in that tense. But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Bethan Vincent. It would be um, amazing to have you there. And if you're interested in coming on the show and you've got a particular kind of view on resilience or topic you want to talk about, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me an email at the brave at bethanvincent.com so the brave at bethanvincent.com and finally if you could leave a rating and a review on this podcast that would be amazing just because of algorithms and all that jazz it means it will show up for more people and more people will get to hear this and i'm doing this to share knowledge and it's something that pulls me away from social media so it's all good but until next time i'll leave you there thank you so much